Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Rickia, and this is episode number 297 of the podcast. It's the 29th of September, 2021, as I record this intro. And Anna Brown joins me this week to talk about our theme in the Living Joyfully Network this month, Cultivating Trust. This has been such a valuable theme to explore because trust really is foundational to unschooling. I can't imagine unschooling thriving without trust. We begin by looking at how we can develop trust with our children, which goes both ways, our trust in them and their trust in us. We also explore how we can similarly cultivate trust with our partner, which in turn helps to create a strong team spirit in our family. From there, we consider the inner work that turns out to be such a powerful and important aspect of our unschooling journey, cultivating trust in ourselves. And finally, as our trusting and connected relationships continue to weave more strongly together with our growing understanding of and trust in ourselves, our trust and confidence in unschooling grows. It was so interesting to dive into all of these overlapping layers of trust and ways to cultivate it, and I'm really excited to share our conversation with you. In the Living Joyfully Network, our shared goals are to embrace lifelong learning, develop strong and connected relationships with our kids, and cultivate a thriving unschooling lifestyle in our families. In the network, we don't tell you how you should unschool. We share experience, not advice. Our collaborative approach grows from our understanding that there is no one right answer that applies to all families, especially when it comes to learning and parenting. Instead, we share our diverse experiences and insights as more information to help you explore and discover what works for you and your family. When you join, you get immediate access to the amazing and ever-growing index of content around our previous monthly themes, including nurturing our children's learning, validation, consent, play, self-care, our parenting toolbox, and lots more. You also get access to our growing resource library, a collection of online resources, books, podcast episodes, and more about various topics of interest as they relate to unschooling, including exploring neurodiversity, about sleep, playing with sensory activities, what about math, and technology. Not to mention the connection and inspiration that comes with surrounding yourself with other parents who are also embracing their unschooling journey. If you're curious to learn more about the network, check out the link in the show notes or just go to livingjoyfully.ca forward slash network. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon and a big welcome to new patron Sarah McMacken. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Anna. 
Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Anna Brown. Hi, Anna. (laughs) So this month in the Living Joyfully Network, our theme has been cultivating trust. And trust, at least to me, is one of the pillars of unschooling. I really can't imagine unschooling thriving without trust. (laughs) So we're going to talk about four different aspects of trust that we've seen over the years and how we can cultivate them. So let's dive right in. The first aspect is cultivating trust with our children. And first, I just wanted to mention, I say with purposefully, because it's not just about us gaining trust in our kids. Their trust in us is just as important. And contrary to conventional expectations, our children don't trust us just because we're their parent. (laughs) They come to trust us because we've shown them that we are worthy of their trust. Keep that in mind. And trust weaves through our relationships with our kids in a couple of ways. So there's the trust that our kids are doing their best in each moment because context matters. I mean, that's something we talk about again and again with lots of people on the podcast, right? We're doing our best in the moment, but there can be lots of other things going on so that even if it's different than it was last time in a similar situation, there's reasons for that. We trust that they're doing their best. And then there's the trust in their choices. And that comes with getting to know and understand them really well so that we can see free to make choices The choices that they're making make sense to them. They don't necessarily be the same choice that we'd make if we were in their shoes, but it makes sense to them. And when they feel that trust from us, when they know in their bones that we have their back, it really helps them to more clearly hear their inner voice because our voice isn't in there like with our little judgments or our little thoughts. We're not confusing the matter. We're trusting them. We're supporting them. And they can more clearly hear their inner voice and make choices that make the most sense to them. See how it goes full circle? So we can cultivate our trust in our children in various ways. As I mentioned, getting to know them really well by being open and approachable so that when they come, they come to us with their questions and their requests for help, that helps us get to know them better. And by giving them space to make choices and seeing how things play out, that helps us see and learn how that choice made sense for them. So these experiences help us better understand our kids and their lives. And over time, we see that consistency of their choices, which helps us to be more trusting and comfortable with their future choices, even in moments when we don't understand their choice yet. And we can cultivate our children's trust in us by being responsive to them, consistently being available when they need our help and support, by being loving, showing our love consistently in words and actions, letting them see our eyes light up when we see them, and by being trustworthy, helping them accomplish whatever they're trying to do instead of trying to cajole them into meeting our goals or needs. So it looks like fully supporting them in their endeavors because trust isn't about pushing them to be independent, but about actively helping them with the things they want help with. So it could be help doing things, help processing things, help navigating challenging things. That's where the trust lies. It's not in, I trust them, so I'm going to go off over here. 
it is cultivating that trust by being supportive, by being helpful, but helping them in the ways that they want help. I know that was a bit of a long introduction, but I wanted to hit those pieces because I think it really is so valuable in, and there are so many ways that we can cultivate trust with our children. Right. And so, ah, I've been so excited about this month in the network because I am with you. Like trust is absolutely this pillar, this foundational piece when we're building these, this family, you know, this environment that we want. And it's that foundation from which we can then explore the world together and develop deep connected relationships that we talk about so much on the podcast. And I think we can all think about, you know, how it feels to not trust someone and how difficult it can be to move through that with that person when there isn't the trust there. And so that kind of helps us refocus on why we want to do this work to cultivate because it is so important. And so for me, one of the things I do is I really look at, you know, how can I be trustworthy? Because like you just said, this is about them trusting us. We don't just automatically get the free trust pass, you know, because we're the parent. (laughs) you know, am I being true to my word? You know, am I truly listening or am I in my head thinking of the rebuttal or where I want the conversation to go? You know, am I following through? This is a really important one because, you know, we're talking a lot of times about solutions and making agreements with multiple people. And so sometimes somebody might push their bit to the next day so that we could get something done. And am I making sure that that's a priority and that we're following through when I say I'm going to do something? And this is not about doing everything single thing that's ever mentioned, you know, this came up on the network. It's not about that, but it's about honoring your word when you say, yeah, we'll get to the park tomorrow. You know, if that's what the agreement was, I'm going to figure out a way for us to do that, you know, and that we're hearing what they need because that develops the trust, which allows them the flexibility in a solution, you know, focused environment to, okay, yeah, I know that well, maybe I can't have this thing or do this thing I want to do right now. It'll be a priority. We may need to do this piece right now. But that only happens, that give only happens when we've got the trust there that everybody, we're going to keep working until everybody gets their needs met. And I want to look at like, am I second guessing or looking for problems? Because this is another big one. And I think we do it and it may be personality driven. You know, I'm a, I want to solve things. (laughs) Like I want to fix things and solve it. And so we're doing it from this place of love and helping, you know, but it just, it, it doesn't feel great. And it leaves this sense that we don't trust them. And part of that is, um, so am I leaving space for different opinions? You know, so I can be strong. And so making sure that it's truly an open space for ideas and thoughts, you know, that was really important to me because I didn't want because I'm strong to kind of overpower the conversation as they're bubbling up and trying to figure out like, how do I feel about this and what do I want to do next? And so then that, what was interesting about that is that on the network, as we were kind of having these discussions, this led us into discussing judgment a bit more. And so I'm going to kind of, kind of go off in that direction and then give it back to you to see what bubbles up for you about that. So, um, so currently how this came up is that currently, um, David and I are watching Ted Lasso. And on one of the episodes, he shared this favorite quote and it was be curious, not judgmental. So just disclosure, he attributed it to Walt Whitman who did not do the quote. (laughs) So I just want to say, I don't want to perpetuate that, but I still loved it. So I'll just give it to Ted Lasso and their writers, Um, but be curious, not judgmental. Uh, 
I try not to spend any time judging other people, who they are, what they like, what they don't like, how they should be doing something, how, what they shouldn't be doing, whatever it is, because it's so disconnecting. And I really want to keep the connection at the forefront, you know, so I can judge things for myself. You know, how does this feel? Does this work for me? Is this healthy for me? Is this how I want to spend my time? But most people are going to buck against people telling them how to be or what to do or what to like or what they need to how they need to spend their time, me included. So that I want to be curious. I want to understand what they like, why they like it, why they're making the decisions that I might not understand, like you touched on, without jumping in with why I think it's good, bad or otherwise passing that judgment on their thoughts. And, and like I said, you know, I do have strong opinions and I talk about why I make the choices I do, why I eat the way I do, why I avoid doctors, why I choose, you know, we all chose to unschool, why we left corporate America and took this less trodden path. Like I do many, many things <laughs> that people don't understand. And I want to offer that courtesy to my children of curiosity without judgment. I want to offer trust and connection instead, because with that connection, and this is what you touched on too, we can continue to have conversations. We can learn more about one another. And so maybe a decision that I didn't understand at all becomes more clear, or maybe in, you know, them hearing me and then, you know, me hearing them, they can start to trust that and they go, huh, maybe I do want to make an adjustment because of the new information that I just have, but they, they know that's not an expectation and they know that I'm not judging. We're just talking and having conversations, but that only happens with this trust foundation And I just, I keep firmly rooted in the understanding that I do not know what's best for anyone else. And I just would much rather stay in that curious, connected place as we build this trust and foundation. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to me, judgment feels, almost feels like the opposite or just the flip side of trust, right? Because once you're judging, like, and you just just ha- imagine when someone's judging you, you know, whether it's your partner, whether it's a friend and they're saying, hey, you know, that um, I don't like what you're doing. I think you should do it this way, et cetera. And it doesn't not judging doesn't mean that, like you said, that like that you're not involved or that there's not more for the person in, you know, maybe the action is a little bit incongruent with what their usual choices are, et cetera. But this, this is the whole point. If we just come in and shut it down with judgment, we're shutting down the conversation. We're shutting down the learning, right? We're shutting down their inner voice. We're saying what you're thinking is, is wrong. It's, it's bad. I don't like it. And I want you to stop it. Right. It is then we're short-circuiting them learning that. Exactly. Because, you know, how many times are you in a spot and you want to go somewhere and there's like three different ways you might get there, you know, so you pick one and you're going to try it. You know, you're robbing them of the opportunity to figure out and learn and figure out why it doesn't work that well for them, Right. Again, you're squashing their inner voice. You're squashing their learning. They don't get the chance to figure. It doesn't mean you sit off to the side. Conversations we're talking about, right? It's like, oh, that's curious. You know, why Why did you want to do that? 
or how can I help you with that? Or, you know, all sorts of when they trust you and feel your support. Sometimes I think about it, it's, you know what, (laughs) if I don't quite think that path is going to work out for them, I want them to take it as quick as possible. So they figure it out. You know, sometimes it was that like, let me walk with you that way for a while. and Let's see what happens. And I think it's going to turn out this way. You know what? It doesn't always. But sometimes it does. And they have the real like the learning when they make the connection personally is just so intensely better than when someone else tells them it's not an experience. Right. And isn't it the piece, too, where, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think they're safer as we have the connection. So say they're making a choice that we're feeling that's a little sketchy. We're not sure. But if we stay connected with them, then we're there to help them if there's a stumble or an issue. Whereas if we stand in judgment over here, well, whatever, you know, (laughs) you're going to do that. And we're, you know, we're just going to sit here judging it. They're not going to come to us when something goes awry. They're not going to come to us if it ends up being, you know, a wrong or bad choice for them because it's the, I told you so, but we just don't have to have that. We can just be like, I, you know, maybe I don't get it, but I want to support you. I'm right here. Let's see. And just being there with that loving presence to me makes them much safer than me short circuiting their ability to make that, those critical decisions and to look at the decisions for themselves, because I'm not always going to be there to, you know, be judging what they're doing. And so it is part of them developing those skills and that connection, I think, keeps them safer. Exactly. And like, just imagine if you, if we've judged something and, but they still want to make that choice. They still want to go down that path. So, you know, they're hiding it a little bit. They're figuring out other ways to do it around our back. And for exactly what you were talking about, there's a good chance. Number one, we're not there to help them, like to talk through things, to help them process things, to help them choose their next step. There's also at the avoiding the, I told you so's and the fact that it's like, I want to show that this was good for me. So I'm going to stick to it so much longer than they would have if they were free to make the choice to go in a different direction, right? (laughs) So much about that. Well, we can talk about that for an entire episode, but I'm glad we touched on that because that is, I think, a huge piece of the trust. Like it is hard to trust someone who's constantly... Or it doesn't even need to be constant judgment, but if it happens enough, there's fear that develops. Like, I don't really want to share this piece because they might not like it. Right. And then that just breeds more and more disconnection in the relationship. Okay. So next, let's talk about cultivating trust with our partner. Uh, So interestingly, it's very similar to what we just talked about. Because with unschooling, it's not about differentiating between people by age. We're engaging with human beings. So, you know, trust, judgment, all those pieces, getting to know them really well, all work and are valuable with our partner, too. Um, Giving them that space to make their choices so that we truly see them in action rather than trying to get them to do what we think is right. And I mean, I know, (laughs) I remember, you know, the first few years, a couple of years of marriage, like that was a big one for me because we all have ways that we do things and they feel right to us and they are right for us. Certainly in that moment, they're right for us. But I think it is, it is a, a nice layer to peel back an important layer to peel back, to realize that everybody's an individual and things make sense to them. 
So we can cultivate their trust in us too by being responsive and following through with our commitments to them. Oh, and I wanted to mention, because you you mentioned that commitment. The other thing that that knowing, knowing that that's important to us, it helps us be more cognizant of the commitments we make, right? Like sometimes, especially with kids, um, it's easy to say, oh, yes, we'll do that tomorrow, just to kind of put it off. Like we can notice that, oh, if I'm going to be careful to follow through on my commitments, I might notice how many times I'm saying, oh, yes, sure, we'll do that. Oh, yes, sure, we'll do that. (laughs) And if you're noticing you're overwhelmed with your commitments, I think it's great to revisit, hmm, what are all these things that I'm committing to? Why am I committing to so much? Same with our partner. Um, And by showing our love consistently through our words and actions, by being trustworthy in general with them, um, that is a way we can cultivate those two, the two-way trust with our partner. Yes. So I think for me, the big takeaway here is it is the same. (laughs) And so, you know, really hearing, taking an interest, assuming positive intent. But interestingly, when we were talking about the judgment piece in the the bit before, I thought I could think of people going, well, but, you know, are you, I don't know, doing something you're overdoing with kids or you're, you know, is that too much? You should just be, I don't know. I can't exactly articulate what I'm trying to say, but, but I thought, no, I do this with everyone. Like I want to give this same grace to a friend that's trying something that maybe I don't agree with, or my partner that's doing something like, I want to just be that trusted person. That's like a sounding board and yes, let's you know see what happens and whatever. So I, I feel like this is how I want to relate to humans. So it's, it isn't just about kids. You know, I want to be that person that, you know, can cheerlead them along the way, can be there as a sounding board, but also, you know, not be judging every step they're taking because it is so disconnecting. And I think the minute you think about it in that reverse, like how does it feel when maybe a a parent is judging the way you're parenting or, you know, a, a friend is saying they don't like this, like how terrible it feels. That is just something we want out of our relationships. I just wanted to jump in because what came to mind there was what you said earlier, curious, not judgmental, because like when your friend wants to do something, your partner wants to do something, it's like, oh, that is something I would not do. I would not choose to do, but it can, it is, it's okay. And I enjoy being supportive at that point. That's what I'm trying to get to because I'm so curious to see how that would work out for them, right? It's like, ooh, I want to see that work. Like that is something I would never do. Like I would never bungee jump off a a bridge. You know, there are things that would be just so uncomfortable for me that I am not going to do. But like how cool that that's something they want to do or they enjoy doing, or, you know, I can still support them even if there are things that I would not be interested in doing. Right. We can even celebrate that. And I think maybe sometimes that comes easier with friends and and maybe partners, but then tap into that energy with your kids because, you know, that celebration energy is so great. And a couple other things I wanted to like point out about the partner piece. I wanted um, to point out, I think it's helpful to watch for mission mode is what I call it. And that's just where we're just about getting things done. So there's a lot of moving parts when you have children, you know, there's people to be fed and beds and things and, you know, getting to events and, you know, whatever the thing is. And it's 
just really easy to fall into that kind of mission mode thinking and to lose sight of the connection with our partners. So this is still just, you know, boiling down to connection. And I think it's also helpful. Kind of another mode is survival mode and that this might happen when a new baby's arrived, or maybe you're caring for an aging parent or some kind of illness or a crisis pops up. And it's hard and it needs acknowledging. They're typically transient, you know, the survival mode times. But what I've seen is that it can create distance if we don't acknowledge and recognize. So part of that building trust with our partner is, I know this is so hard right now and I'm being pulled in a lot of directions and you're being pulled in a lot of directions, but our relationship is important to me. And we're going to figure out, you know, how to get through this time. Like just those little pieces of acknowledgement help build the trust that yes, our partnership and our you know, relationship is important. And I just, I think it also helps to be aware of what else is happening with your partner. You know, are they carrying a lot of stress from work or outside forces? And, you know, that could be influencing their behavior at home. And for me, it's just always about doubling down on that unconditional love and acceptance, because that can help build the trust even when, and and maybe especially when things are feeling hard. And you know, I want them to know that I love them and that they're important and that our relationship is important, even with all the responsibilities and the day-to-day work of, you know, having children. And we all want to feel loved and connected and appreciated. You know, I want to feel that too. But what I found is that it flows to me as I give it to others. And so that that's the piece I can control. And so as I just put that out into the world, then I start to get that from different places and the people around me. And just specifically to the unschooling piece with our partners, I think sometimes we can get stuck in our heads because we're going down this path that's somewhat intellectual at first, you know, how does this work and what is it going to be like? And so we may be kind of in a deep dive about that, but we want to pop up and, and, you know, just make sure everybody's being included in the journey, the kids, the, you know, partner, you know, whoever is in your life. And, you know, this is where we want to talk about, you know, sharing the good things And making sure that we aren't just, you know, dumping or venting, you know, because this person, you know, our partner loves us and often wants to fix it. And somehow the way they, you know, sometimes the way they want to fix it doesn't necessarily mesh with the new principles that we're moving towards. But when we can present the whole picture of the day, the laughs, the joy, the growth, then the bumps are put into perspective and everybody's feeling a part of that journey. And so I think that's a big piece that comes into that cultivating the trust with our partners on this journey specifically. Yeah, yeah. I love that piece too about this part of the journey because you know, our partners don't want to feel left behind when we can be learning stuff and moving ahead. And, you know, um, at first really focused on cultivating that trust with our kids and getting unschooling going with our kids. Uh, it's, it is really helpful to recognize where our partner is on that journey as well and to help them not feel left behind. And I think, and a really important part of that is like you said, we can be, um, you know, uh, we, with our, our into more intimate relationship with our partner, that can be the place where we feel we can vet and we can, you know, share our worries and, and everything. But like you said, um, number one, if we only have a limited time because we have young kids or we have multiple kids, et cetera, if that's pretty much all we're doing, how are they going to feel about this choice? <laughs> because all we seem to be doing is venting about what we're worried about and venting about, you know, what our kids are doing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so 
seeing things through their eyes for a little bit is super valuable to recognize that. So sharing the good pieces as well. Um, and, and recognizing that there are other places too, that you can go with questions because if, if you're further along on a journey, um, learning about something, learning about anything, you know, it can be more helpful to ask your questions of people who are also actively on that journey, right? Rather than um, with someone else, like you said, who are right now going to be coming with more conventional solutions that are, that, and that, you know, you make a suggestion trying to help someone you love and they're like consistently not doing it because well, it doesn't fit with the direction they're trying to go. Like that doesn't feel good either. This is not building trust, right? And in our conversations, I find too, especially like when you're recognizing where they are in their journey, it is so valuable to not get defensive when you've opened up a can of work or they, they come with these more conventional questions. When we're not feeling judged by that, when we can take a moment to breathe that out and to realize the positive intention behind the question, they're curious, right? Take it as curious, not judgmental. And meet them where they are, because then they feel like they can share what's on their mind and they can talk it through with you without confrontation and upset and more disconnection, et cetera. So there are some really good and valuable pieces in there to just consider um, their part of the journey, too. And nobody likes to feel left behind and feel like the rest of their family is off doing what looks like really fun things for the most part. <laughs> They're such an important part of the foundation. So we're yeah. talking about building this foundation of trust. It's all of us, you know? And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The next aspect I wanted to talk about is another really, really cool one. And that is the idea of cultivating trust in ourselves, right? So when we begin our unschooling journey, often it's all about the kids, right? Should we send them to school or not? That's the question. And in fact, I don't think I've, yet heard anyone say, oh, I chose to unschool my kids for my own personal growth and development. (laughs) Yet, as we've heard so often on the podcast, that's exactly what happens, right? It can be so surprising to discover what a gift the choice to unschool is to ourselves. We learn so much about ourselves. We end up peeling back so many layers. We end up questioning so many things um, just from first starting to question the idea of school and what it means to us. Then we get into questioning the parenting. Then we get into questioning relationships and learning so much and learning so much about ourselves. So cultivating this trust in ourselves really helps us along the way, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I have been amazed by, you know, my growth during this journey, for sure. That was not why I got into it. I did not know I was going to be signing up for all that work that I've had to do. But, you know, I just, I found it to be this intellectually stimulating journey, but also this deeply reflective one. And my girls were amazing teachers and mirrors for me to look at, (coughs) excuse me, I mean, I just had to tune in and be open to the learning, the growing and the questioning and the stretching that was basically brought in front of me every day, you know, and, and one of the things for me was, you know, prior to kids, I think I measured my worth on how well do I do the thing? How fast do I check the box and exceed someone else's expectation? And through our unschooling journey, 
and a lot of personal work, you know, I found me like who I am, who I want to be and how I want to be in relationship with others. And it has just been so profound. And as I've really connected with myself and learned to trust myself without looking for that outside validation, I became so much stronger and more confident and in turn, more compassionate and accepting of others. And I didn't really realize until deeper into the journey that that kind of judgmental right-wrong paradigm was merely a wall that kept people at bay and that it was really all about my own insecurities and my own pieces that I needed to deal with. And when I shed that, you know, shed that judgment for true connection, the change was amazing. I felt stronger. I felt more clear. I could live with more intention. And I was able to extend this unconditional regard and love to those around me. And it was really profound. And, you know, our children are absolutely our guides in this, you know, they have such an ease about them, especially when they're little and just a delight in the world around them and a spirit to try things and keep going and to explore. And so I wanted to tap into that and, and that, but that foundation of trust, trust in myself, trust in each other, you know, made all the difference as we navigated a world that really likes to keep everyone on a very narrow lane. (laughs) pieces of my journey for sure. Oh, I know, I know. And that was interesting thinking thinking back as to how I looked at life. And really, as I think about it, I saw life through that lens of performance, which is similar to the one, the way you spoke about it. So like performing for others and or meeting and trying to exceed societal expectations, like that's what it was all about, right? So through unschooling, I really felt that shift to the lens of being. So like you said, it, that shift unschooling, that had me doing all this personal work, peeling back all of those layers. So when I got to that lens of just being, that brought me more into the moment, like just be in this moment, which then let me connect with the other people that were in that moment with me and certainly with unschooling that was my kids a lot of the time and recognizing the context of the moment like I used you know people used to say you know you must be so bored being with your kids all day right oh my gosh these moments are full and beautiful if you notice them right if you aren't you know, thinking about that to-do list that you have in the back of your head that want to do this, this, and this. And, oh, my gosh, I'm just, like, standing here and they're playing or whatever, whatever. Um, there is so much in those moments when you open up to them and sink into them. There are so many nuances at play all the time, right? And eventually, I discovered that what, when someone would take issue with our choices, I came to recognize that that is so much about them and where they are on their journey. It's not really about us and our journey at all. So as you mentioned, <clears throat> that understanding of ourselves and trust in ourselves grows and our confidence grows. And so does our compassion and kindness for others, because our confidence in ourselves doesn't manifest as expectations that others make the same choices as us, right? That is the cool piece. Like we can become more and more confident in our choices. We can trust ourselves more and more. And 
it doesn't mean at all that we expect other people like that. This is the right answer, that this is the right way. Um, We recognize that they're on their own journey, finding their own voice, making their own choices. But we are completely confident that these are the right choices for us. Right. And we come to understand that our choices can change over time, too. And that's okay, based on our continued personal growth, the context of the future moment, because we come to realize how important context is like context, not even just in the environment, but in um, how everybody's showing up in that moment. They may be having a rough day. They may be having a great day. What their goals are, what the things that are harder for them, their personalities, like all those pieces come into that moment in and into the next choice, right? Yeah, and I feel like, you know, when we're doubting ourselves, because there are times and when we see like, hmm, there's some disconnection between, you know, me trusting myself and where I am right now, it's like we can look at, you know, where's that coming from? And identifying that can help us see exactly what you just said, that it's rarely about us, you know, so say it as a parent, you know, it could be about them processing or not processing their own journey as a parent and needing you not to shine a light on that. You know, if it's friends or the internet, we can remember that, you know, we don't need to judge our insides by someone else's outsides. It's, it's not a true comparison. And we can only truly know for ourselves and the work of knowing for ourselves is really short circuited when we keep that focus outward. You know, and so in the end, I found that even people who voiced opinions that were, you know, about us, like you said, because we all run into that, they were really just giving me this glimpse of themselves and everyone's working through their own stuff and they really don't care what I'm doing, you know? So I don't, you know, I don't need to like lose too much sleep over that. And that's back to that realization that judgment is really about insecurity. So when you feel that judgment coming at you, what I can do now is just kind of hold that person in a place of compassion, like, ooh, you're working through some stuff and needing to kind of lash out and put some things forward, but that that's really about them. And that helped me to just really, again, just hold them in compassion, but also it, you know, not to have it shake my knowing of myself, you know, because that I could stand in that trust and in that, and in that confidence, like we've talked about, and that allowed me to then be the person that I want to be where I could give compassion out. So all of this, you know, winds and, and weaves together and, like you said, it's so funny when people say that, you know, like you're probably bored. I'm like, holy heck, no. I just <laughs> want just being with the kids and watching them learn and develop language and move and explore the world is amazing. And then you have all this deep personal work to shed baggage from childhood and who do I want to be now and how do I want to show up for my kids? Like there's so much rich and amazing, interesting work to be done, you know, in this unschooling journey. Yes, because and then along that journey, we recognize that we are unschooling and living alongside our kids. And then we are also exploring, well, what are we interested in? How are we going to pursue that? Like there is just so many pieces to the journey that's beautiful. And that leads us nicely to um, the last aspect that I wanted to look at, which is cultivating trust in unschooling as our family's chosen lifestyle. So that looks like bringing that confidence that we're talking about with us out into the world. And we feel like we're all on the same team with our family. We trust that how we treat and engage with each other won't change whether we're at home or whether we're out and about. We gain trust and confidence in ourselves. We feel less clingy to the need to do things right and more curious. There's that curiosity again about how things might unfold, which in turn shows up as less projecting into the future 
and more again about being in the moment, right? <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, I love kind of the progression of this, you know, this, this journey of it and also the spiral of it, you know, because first we're building this trust with our kids and our partners and ourselves. And, you know, now we have this amazing foundation from which we can explore the world. And, you know, we will circle back around as we hit challenges, but we still have that foundation. And I find I can reorient faster. I gain deeper, deeper levels of understanding and trust with like each examination. So each time I'm kind of brought back around, it's like this new level and it's just making this thicker and thicker foundation of trust in, in the whole process. And like you said, this whole lifestyle and you know, your team comment was so spot on for us, you know, because what I love is that there is not this need for the us, them, the power dynamic, you know, the authority over, you know, we didn't have that. We're navigating this and this exploration of life together, you know, trusting that we are there for each other. And it just makes all the difference. And I think it can sometimes be hard to explain this part because it's really so foreign to the way that most people relate to children and how they were related to as children, you know, so we don't have that template, but kids are capable. We've talked about that before, you know, they want to be a part of the family. They want to understand things, how things work, how to be in relationship. And as we learn to trust that it leaves space for them to show up and participate in ways that are unexpected in a world that actually marginalizes children, you know, their, their creativity and, I don't know, fresh eyes, I think, make all the difference when we're finding solutions because we can be a bit cheated, you know, after all the years. And they bring those fresh eyes. And as that trust grows, so does the confidence. And with that confidence also comes the understanding that we can handle what life throws at us. That was a big piece for me because we had plenty of things thrown at us over the years. But me kind of settling into, you know what, we've got this. There's the four of us, like we can solve these problems. We can be there for each other through the tough times. That made things so much easier for me. I mean, easy, maybe not exactly the word because the things are still challenging, but it's still, it was that, that connection really helped me move through that. And it, it allowed me to focus on what really mattered to me, which is my relationships and providing a rich environment for growth and learning for all of us. And, you know, when we're still looking outward for confirmation or approval, you know, that's when we lose sight of what's in front of us. Like we, we miss the, the things that are happening with our children and we miss the relationships that are being developed and, and the growth and the problem solving. And so, you know, I, I love how you mentioned too, that it, it really leaves space for curiosity, you know, and, the, and that that's such a big piece of this, you know, when we aren't chasing this ideal and trying to fit into a box that someone else has provided for us, you know, we can allow for our individuality. We can be curious about where where that exploration will lead us and let things unfold. And I think that's the piece that we talk about. Like that unfolding is, is magic. It is. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the unfolding. I just want to revisit again, want to emphasize one of the things you said, which was kind of the cyclical nature, right? That these things keep coming back because it's not like, it's like, Oh, okay. Trust is it. I'm going to, you know, be trustworthy and here we go. And off we go. There are going to be times when, you know, trust falters, when when something comes up with our kids or a partner or a friend or something that like knocks us off. And these aren't like I think so often if you're still kind of stuck in that right, wrong, good, bad kind of paradigm, we can start judging ourselves 
Um, it's like, oh crap, I'm supposed to be, you know, doing this, etc. No, each though each of those are an opportunity, right? To sink back into your why. It's like, why is trust important? To sink back into the things that we were talking about earlier, like leaving open space, getting to know them, having conversations, being curious instead of judgmental, like to lean back into those tools that do inevitably get us back to understand, oh yeah, this is why it's important. More conversation, oh yeah, this is why they want to do the thing, more learning about the other person involved, right? Uh, so just, just to not judge ourselves if when we falter. Or when something comes up that we're like, huh. It makes us question or makes us go, wait exactly. a minute. And that's okay. Because again, that's just that opportunity to dig into the why and to, to recommit or to pivot if you need to. You know, maybe you've gone in one direction. It's like, okay, I need to pivot a little bit because I have this new information. But that's all good. That's not a time to start doubting yourself or being hard on yourself. It's it's just information. And it's just revisiting those pieces and continuing to build that foundation. Exactly, exactly. And now to jump back to the unfolding things, because yeah, that's it. You know, life unfolds, right? It unfolds in unexpected ways sometimes. It, it often, the unexpected things end up being so beautiful precisely because that's where we learn more about ourselves and learn more about the other person. It's like, oh, that's why this makes so much more sense. And I found that serendipity grows because we're open and curious. That was something that was utterly unexpected. But when you're instead curious, now you're looking, you're scanning, you're gazing around, and you are seeing possibilities that if I'm like more worried or like, I really think this path is the right way, I'm going to look for all the opportunities to keep nudging us towards this path. Oh my gosh, you miss so many other possibilities, everything (laughs) that are out there, right? That end up being so much more beautiful, so much more fun, so much more meaningful than the one that we originally thought of. And, And that was, for me, one of the most surprising and the most beautiful things that came out of this shift to recognizing that things are just unfolding. And I'm going to be curious about how that's how that's happening, right? Yep. Yes, I love that so, so much. <laughs> yeah, and along with that, the other thing is that also reminds us, it really does, it reminds us not to focus on the destination, right? right. But to focus on being present on the journey where we are and just kind of paying attention. Because even if our kids, yeah, even if our kids say they want to go or do something, right? If we jump too far ahead to that, we're going to miss so much along the way. And them too, like, it's not that their destination's wrong, but it's like, I'm going to walk. I like to think of it as that's the direction. And we're just taking baby steps, step by step in that direction. But we're going to pause at each step and see if it's still fitting. See if we might want to step a touch sideways Or, you know, maybe we're gaining momentum and we're keeping down that path. But to be curious about it rather than fixated on it makes a world of difference, right? 
Because that's where the learning is. You know, it's like, it, and, and I think we can kind of power through and, and we're dragging them along to their destination. And again, it becomes about us, not them. But really what we're wanting is this learning along the way. So here I have this thing that in the future, and I want to work towards that. Great. But along the way, right, there's little tweaks and little pivots that maybe feel better. And maybe we end up over here, but we've got all this learning that's happened along the way that make that exactly the place that we're supposed to be. So, you know, it's just don't, you know, yeah, just stay in there in the moment. And that's the connection and trust piece because we're right there with them. And yeah, I just, I love how it all weaves together and how you'll, you will start to see and trust in that unfolding. And it's pretty delightful. Like it just, you kind of, I, I just remember moments of like, oh my gosh, that just like how all those things came together and that works. And had I tried to control it, which is kind of my way, I absolutely would have missed those things. I, I absolutely would have missed them. Yeah. And I just could not have come up with something that cool. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The other thing I just wanted to mention before we go was I found it so fascinating, fascinating as we went through the month to recognize that the progression of these different aspects, like cultivating trust with our kids and then with our partner and then with ourselves and then out in the world really was like a microcosm of the unschooling journey right? It really represented um, my experience of how I moved through this. Um, We want to cultivate that trust with our kids and that deeper relationship with our partner and recognize the importance of treating and trusting ourselves with that same compassion and grace. And then we come to really value and trust unschooling as a strong foundation to bring with us out into the world as a lifestyle that we want to live. So I loved how we could just take this focus of trust and truth. That's why, you know, right back to the beginning, foundational pillar of unschooling. Exactly. <laughs> and also why it isn't a one and done. You yes. know, it's not like checked it off for you. Know, <laughs> Because it is this microcosm of this much larger journey, but you'll see the layers, you'll see the spiral as we're like, whoo, going around, you know, learning and and really soaking it into our bones and really putting it to the test, this trust and these, all these relationships and all these pieces. And so, yes, I mean, it's just looking at that. I like looking at that bigger picture and then realizing that's what's happening. And then bringing myself right back to the moment to just enjoy that journey as best we can, you know, because there's going to be days, but oh my gosh, I just, I love it so much. Oh yes. So much. Well, thank you so much, Anna. It was so much fun to talk about cultivate trust with you. Have a great day. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey and be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.